on this edition of the Iowa Business Report. Bring your objectives together and march together in tandem because that will enable you to accelerate far more quickly with the innovative ideas that you're trying to produce. Ensuring business continuity has never been more important than now post-pandemic. We'll talk with an expert who has ideas for any size business. New unemployment rules may lead to more workers on the job. And in our business profile, we'll learn about a community bank that scored a touchdown with its new spokesperson. This is the Iowa Business Report for the fourth weekend of October 2021. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com. Here is Jeff Stein. Lisa Gable served in four presidential administrations, including time as a delegate to the United Nations and as a U.S. ambassador. Couple that with business experience, and you have the insight that went into the book, Turnaround, How to Change Course When Things Are Going South. It was released earlier this month on the Idea Press publishing imprint. Lisa Gable and I spoke via Zoom on Tuesday, October 5th. We decided to do this book because of COVID, knowing that people were going to be dealing with a lot of complexities. And the book provides you with a very simple methodology. It's relatable. We don't use jargon. We just use real words and takes you through a step-by-step process of what you need to do. But secondarily is that we use case studies and storytelling to really make it a little more personable and friendly uh, so that if someone is working within an organization, maybe they're a junior product manager or if they're the CEO of a business, it's going to be applicable for them. I have over the last 35 plus years done turnarounds in business, large corporations, in government, and nonprofits. And what I realized is that the Intel techniques that I was using from my time period at Intel Corporation, looking at process engineering and the step-by-step processes that are part of the manufacturing system, were the same ones I was using no matter where I was working. And then I combined those system process thinking with the art of diplomacy that I learned at the White House and at the State Department. So it's the combination of those two things that enables me to help people focus on the future, identify exactly what it is that they want to have happen, and then break down the past, audit what they've got in front of them. Have they veered off course? Do they have a lot of distractions? Maybe when times were good, they spent money on things that actually aren't their core competency. And so refocusing people, which is so important today, we only have a limited amount of resources, so many hands that you can play, that you need to focus on job number one, what's your core competency, and then we provide you with a mechanism to move from the past to the future. You get rid of stuff, and sometimes it's hard, but you have a decision-making process. Uh, And if you go through this, it gives you the ability to execute with speed, agility, confidence, and most importantly, heart. Because it is tough right now, and we do need to recognize we're going to make some hard decisions, and they do impact people, but the way in which we treat people is so fundamentally important as the world is struggling to get back on its feet. A lot of people who are running smaller businesses, they may say, well, this is very interesting, and I know I should do a plan, I know I should do some examination, I know I should, in essence, clean the closet, as you were discussing, 
but I've got to put out this small fire here and I've got to make payroll there and there's three other people who are bothering me here. How do you take the time to really work on the business and not work within the business? That's a tough thing for some. Well, you have to keep the trains running on time at the same time that you're making changes. And so what you want to do is identify those small bites that you need to take every single day to ensure that you meet your customers' needs on a real-time basis. But at the same time, you do need a strategic plan, but that plan has to be actionable. It has to have a level of detail attached to it. It has to be your vision as to where you want to bring the organization. And you lay out that within a step-by-step process. And one of my employees has a saying, which I just love. He said, Lisa, you eat an elephant the same way you eat a cupcake, one bite at a time. And so as you are working and ensuring the operation is moving forward, at the same time, it is very important for you to sit down, have that time to make the assessment and identify where you really want to go and get a small task force working on evaluating what you've got on your plate right now and really what what you can get rid of. You've got to make some very tough decisions very quickly, but as you are focused on your core competency, where you want to go in the future, it makes that decision-making so much easier. And you can't afford not to, right? I hear people say, I can't afford to take that time. Well, you can't afford not to, or else you're always going to be bumping your head against a ceiling and never be able to advance. What is the thing that, based upon your experience, people do wrong? most often. In other words, as you look at a collection of businesses and and organizations you've worked with, is there a pattern where you look and go, ah, this is one of those? They tweak. And there's a point where you can't tweak anymore. You've got to stop. I tell people that sometimes I walk into a situation and I'm looking at this beautifully architected home, but then I walk around the corner and they added this weird uh, you know this weird guest house, and all of a sudden they've got this porch coming off of it, and then they added on the they added on something else. Maybe it's a, a unit to make sure that uh, they can keep the electricity on. But but what you recognize is that they they had a beautiful plan when they started. They had a core competency, a basic architecture, but they got lost along the way. And so by constantly tweaking and tweaking and trying to modify. I have a phrase, which is I say, burn it down to the ground. And I don't mean literally. I know you can't burn your business down to the ground, but mentally, you need to sit back. And I don't know how you relax if you're a biker, if you're a swimmer, if you think in the car, but just mentally go, if I were starting this today, nothing existed. If I were starting this today, how would I build it? And you look at how you would build it, you look at what you want to do with it, and then you use that starting today to evaluate what you're currently doing. And that provides a lot of clarity because it it kind of removes the clutter from your mind. With regard to these current shifts that we're seeing, we have workforce issues that were there pre-pandemic but worse now. We have this new hybrid model for some of being able to work remotely. What are some of the trends or shifts that people should be paying close attention to within the next, say, 12 months, 24, 36 months as you see them? Give yourself as much flexibility as you can. I use a lot of tips and uh, tricks in order to do that. I recognize that at each stage of a turnaround that you need different talent sets. Essentially, you're coming in and you're having somebody stick their finger in the dike and then they need to make that change. They're not necessarily going to be the same team of people that you need nine months from now when you're at that next stage of development. So bring people in as limited term employees. That gives you the ability to have them manage your employees for a period of time. But everybody recognizes we're here to fix this problem. 
That's my role because we want to get it to this end point. And then I'm going to go away and someone else is coming in. If you are using consultants, use them for a shorter period of time. Don't make long-term commitments. We need to date a little bit before we get married uh, because you will, as you move through uh, reconstructing towards your perfect design, and if you do it very quickly and you ramp up very quickly, you're really looking at different skill sets that you're going to need along the way. And then you hold on. I tell people it's like Mr. Toad's Wild Ride in Disney. You're just <laughs> up and down and all around. Prepare yourself for it. You're going to end up in heaven. That's going to happen. But you do need to be prepared. It's not always going to be simple. And one thing you'll see in my book are two characteristics. I talk a lot about teamwork. I always have to have partners. And I mean partners in a loose sense. I have to have a gang of people that we are committed to making this change together. We actually may live in different organizations, but we're all headed towards the same target uh, that I can work very closely with because I don't do any of this by myself, as noted by the extremely long acknowledgement section at the end of the book. But secondarily, as I talk a lot about partnerships, in today's economy, we are talking that we all have very thin margins. You need partners. And I don't mean that you need to commingle your dollars. That always leads to disaster unless it's done very, very well. But what you want to do is align your objectives. If you find people who have common goals and they can do this thing really, really well, and you can do this thing really, really well, then bring your objectives together and march together in tandem because that will enable you to accelerate far more quickly with the innovative ideas that you're trying to produce. Lisa Gable is author of Turnaround, How to Change Course When Things Are Going South, released earlier this month. Still to come, new jobless rules, and you'll hear about a community bank that adopted a brand new form of marketing. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advance Iowa and its CEO Perspectives Program. Group members collaborating and finding solutions to pressing issues in their businesses. Learn more at AdvanceIowa.com slash CEO peer groups. The Iowa Business Report is also presented by the Iowa Secretary of State's Office and its Voter Ready Iowa Initiative encouraging you to be a voter in the November city and school elections. More at voterready.iowa.gov. Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds announced this past week a refocus for the unemployment system in Iowa. Iowa Workforce Development will now provide one-on-one career coaching right away. Before, that was not an option for an unemployment recipient until week five. In addition, once rules are put in place, weekly work search requirements will double from two to four, and the number of activities that qualify as a work search will be reduced from 27 to 12. The plan is in light of the significant workforce shortage in our state, with the governor saying these changes will ensure that no Iowan receiving unemployment benefits unnecessarily remains on the sidelines. The announcement came this past Wednesday along with announcement of $30 million in grant opportunities to help businesses improve workforce innovation through retention, recruitment, and technology. Advanced manufacturing accounts for nearly 18% of Iowa's gross domestic product, the largest single industry in our state. 
Coming up, a new way to make young people financially literate. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advance Iowa, a comprehensive consulting program designed to work with mid-sized companies to enhance their growth. Advance Iowa assists firms in overcoming obstacles and helping identify new opportunities. More at AdvanceIowa.com and search for Advance Iowa on LinkedIn and Facebook. Support for the Iowa Business Report also comes from Iowa History Journal. The September-October issue features a story on an Iowa native with a stellar military career, another who was an NFL star, and still another who became a Hollywood legend. Get your copy of Iowa's only popular magazine devoted exclusively to its fascinating history at Fairway, Hy-Vee, and at iowahistoryjournal.com. In this week's business profile, we'll introduce you to Matt Bradley, marketing manager for First Security Bank and Trust. The company is using brand new marketing techniques to spread the word about their company and financial literacy. First Security Bank is headquartered in Charles City, founded in 1903, and today we have 13 locations and we serve North Iowa. So we're in Hampton, all the way up to northeast area of Riceville. We're in Manly, down to Rockwell, Dumont. So we're all in this north central area here, but we cover the, the whole span. What are some of the unique advantages that a financial institution like yours may have for people in that trade area as opposed to folks who go to a branch office of a very large statewide or national chain? Sure. Well, as you might imagine, a large chain has large rules, right? So they have to follow very specific guidelines that the corporate office puts out there. And those are fine, but it doesn't really give you a chance to hear a person's story or make a local decision. And that's why any community bank, especially I would say for security, but if you go to a community bank, it really is a local decision. They know you, you know them, they know your history And it's more of a conversation rather than just fitting into a checklist. And it's the sort of thing that really gives a vibrancy to a community. Some of the ones you mentioned, they're not the major metropolitan areas of the state. And the local bank is such a foundation, not just for supporting business and industry, but the school district, etc. You're really the cornerstone of that downtown area in many of these cities. Oh, absolutely. Uh, In some areas, we're one of the only businesses in town in some of our branches. So we're a linchpin. And, you know, it's no coincidence that every time you go see your Parks and Rec team play, most of the time, the back of those shirts is going to have a bank on it. It's because a community bank really is focused on supporting the community and the projects, the nonprofits, the organizations, the infrastructure projects that aren't going to get support from outside the area can get some support to their local bank. Now, because in many of these communities, you're one of the main businesses, as you said, perhaps the only business, you wouldn't think you have to do much advertising and marketing. But the fact of the matter is, it's such a competitive world. Not only do you have to tell people you're out there and what you can offer, but you have to do it in some innovative ways. And you certainly jumped on uh, the innovation bandwagon with your spokesperson right now. Tell me about this. 
we have delved into the area of influencer marketing, right? So, so Google influencer marketing, and you'll have all sorts of ideas about what that means. But that essentially, it just means that somebody who's got a following out there goes in and says that you do good stuff and they, and they support what you do. And uh, it's just kind of a, a fun idea to say, well, you know what? Who's uh, who's got a following in Iowa? I would say the Iowa Hawkeyes quarterback sure has a following in Iowa. Yes. And uh, and so we we said, you know what? He's interested in financial literacy. He has said that that's one thing that is very important to him. And he actually sought out a bank to partner with because of that interest. And and so we were natural partners that way. And I wouldn't say that we probably would have delved real deeply into influencer marketing, but man, to have the Hawkeyes quarterback, you really can't, you really can't say no to that if he's willing to, to get on board with you. Remind people who aren't day-to-day football fans who we're talking about, and what's his background to where financial literacy and partnering with First Security made sense? Well, his name is Spencer Petrus. And he took over the starting quarterback role this year and has gotten them up to the number two ranked football team in the nation. So pretty successful at what he does. He came to us from California, loves being in Iowa. I had a chance to meet with him in Iowa City. I I took some kids down, some young football players to go out and meet him and catch some balls with him. And they just had a fantastic time with that. And Spencer was really one of the most engaging, warmest people that you could imagine. I, I just had such a great time hanging out with him and watching him interact with these kids who just looked up to him so much. I got to know him a little bit at that point. I hadn't met him before that moment, but then we talked a little bit and I asked him about his background and he came, like I said, from California. But one reason that he said that he really identifies with financial literacy is because he really values the next generation. He wants them to come up with the good ideas uh, and to be self-sufficient and make good choices. And he gets that from his parents. So I guess his he tells me that his parents were able to retire early because they saved a lot because they just were very focused on being financially smart. And so he picked up on a lot of those habits. They taught him that. And then he gets to the college Big Ten football range and he has friends who are off and they go to the NFL and they make big bucks, uh, but they don't manage it very well. And he can see it and he sees the mistakes that they're making. And and he knows that where he he in that position, he had the lessons and, and the tool set to really make better use of that. So he he wants to pass that down. He's obviously busy, and we hope he's quite busy through at least New Year's Day or maybe a week <laughs> or two after that. But how can you, as a bank, with your trade area, how do you use someone with his fame and notoriety, his ability to relate to young people, how do you use that going forward after the season is over? After the season is over, he's going to come to town and he's going to visit local schools and he'll be in the classroom and he'll be talking to kids one on one or in a group setting and really bringing that message home to them in person. And I have a feeling they're going to be excited to meet meet him. Judging by the way the kids that I took down to Iowa City were when they met him. Yeah, this is going to be a fun trip. But there's also a way so that his brand, if you will, is more integrated with your brand right now. He's appearing in messages and, uh, shall we say, a form of him appears in banks soon. (laughs) That's right. One thing that I made sure that I did when I went down and met with him is to get a full uh, shot of him, a full full picture, a full-size photo. So he's six foot three. A large gentleman, a large young man, uh, tall. And so what I did was I got that full body photo of him and we're blowing it up into life-size cardboard cutouts so that people can come 
and visit our bank and take a picture with it. Let's talk for those who are considering marketing campaigns because you have an extensive career in communications and now marketing manager for First Security. All right, how do you measure success of something like this? We're in uncharted territory with what's known as name, image, and likeness of athletes. So this is all brand new. It's only been around a few months. How are you going to go to your superiors and say, this was a successful effort? Well, fortunately, in my position, this is something that everybody just got excited about right away. It is uncharted territory. We assume that from a business plan, a marketing perspective, that this will get us some attention and we'll get some eyeballs on First Security who may not have, have looked our way before. I mean, that's the, that's the entire point of it. But really, it's to, have some, it's to have a good time. I mean, this is something that nobody's tried before. It wasn't even allowed to be done until just a few months ago. And so we said, we'll take a shot. We always try a lot. Uh, we, we have a lot of different uh, ideas that we've gone through uh, marketing-wise, and we're willing to give it a shot. We're willing to f- see what happens. And if we get people saying, oh, I saw your commercial, or oh, my gosh, Spencer did a great job, and I know he's your guy, we're going to take that as a, as a success. As long as it gets people talking and, and looking at us, that's great. I don't think we have to expect that in order to survive, we have to go bigger. We have to go to the big population centers. I think that's one thing that has probably changed for a positive for the future of rural Iowa. It's where our roots are. We're almost 120 years in small town Iowa, and it's our focus. We're focused on the ag producers, the farmers, and the small businesses, as well as deposit accounts too. But as far as lending goes, and supporting small business and agriculture. That's our focus. And so I think five years from now, you're going to see us a lot like what we are today, but we are going to keep updating our technology. So it's going to be even easier to bank with us. Matt Bradley, marketing manager for First Security Bank and Trust. He spoke to me via Zoom from Charles City on Tuesday, October 19. More online at firstsecurity.bank. That's one ST for First Security. And that brings us to the close of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. In the meantime, you can listen to all or part of today's program by going to totallyiowa.com and clicking on the radio programs link. We're also found on all the major podcast distributors, 19 now in all. We welcome your comments. Send them by email to radio at totallyiowa.com. I'm Jeff Stein. Thank you for joining us. And we hope you have a prosperous week. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com.